Hello and welcome to Father Luke's homilies. This homily was preached in the Catholic parish of Brandon and Mildenhall for the seventh Sunday of Ordinary Time, Year A. In today's Gospel, Christ challenges us to be perfect, and he spells out in no uncertain terms what this perfection looks like. That's a tall order, but Christians are called to perfection, and in today's homily, we reflect on what that perfection might look like in our lives. God bless you. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, You have learned how it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I say this to you, offer the wicked man no resistance. On the contrary, if anyone hits you on the right cheek, offer him the other as well. The man takes you to law and would have your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone orders you to go one mile, go two miles with him. Give to anyone who asks, and if anyone wants to borrow, do not turn away. You have learnt how it was said, you must love your neighbour and hate your enemy. But I say this to you, love your enemies. And pray for those who persecute you. In this way, you'll be sons of your Father in heaven. For he causes his son to rise on bad men as well as good. And his reign to fall on honest and dishonest men alike. For if you love those who love you, what right do you have to claim any credit? Even the tax collectors do as much, do they not? And if you save your greetings for your brothers, are you doing anything exceptional? Even the pagans do as much, do they not? You must therefore be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You must therefore be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. The gospel is demanding. There's no getting away from that. And we've been looking these last few weeks at just how demanding the teachings of Jesus are. But sometimes they seem outright impossible. Be perfect in the same way that God is perfect. That's impossible, isn't it? The English translation of this scripture is not always particularly helpful. It can be a little bit demoralising because no one's perfect, right? We're used to that, aren't we? I'm not perfect. I'm only human. So how can we be perfect? How can Christ reasonably command that of us? Well, the Greek translation of the text gives a more helpful nuance and means something more along the lines of set yourselves on the road to perfection and you will become perfect as your heavenly father is perfect it's a work in progress and Jesus himself gives us the road to perfection in fact he is the way to perfection he is the road he is our life 
An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Probably one of the most quoted, misquoted, misunderstood verses in the whole Bible. Certainly when I was younger, um, I don't know about you, it was often commonplace to, to brandish this phrase about as justification for a vendetta. They did it to me, so I can do it to them. It even says so in the Bible. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And yet this law, properly understood, actually is about preventing revenge and vendettas. An eye for an eye means actually precisely that. If someone takes your eye, you are then allowed to take their eye, but only their eye, and only the precise amount of eye that they have taken from you. Otherwise... You've uh, been unjust, you're culpable, and you'll have to pay uh, a penalty for an unjust vendetta, for revenge. Now, since in the ancient world it would be almost impossible to remove precisely the same amount of eye from the other person, or any other part of the body for that matter, it acted as a kind of legal deterrent. And because it limited retribution... It ruled out the kind of vendetta so common in the ancient world and present, of course, even in our own time, perhaps even in our own lives. Now, Jesus' teaching on perfection then takes this law and develops it. It goes even further. Jesus teaches non-retaliation. Jesus instructs his followers not to assert their rights in personal relationships. That's important. Personal relationships. But to put others' needs first. If anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. This suggests a a slap received with the back of someone's hand. It's not only a, a painful blow, it's an insult. How many of us would let an insult go? And yet that's what Jesus commands of his followers. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them also a second mile. That reflects the the Roman um, tradition, a habit of commandeering civilians to carry the luggage of soldiers. And that's one of the outrages that the um, was perpetrated, I suppose, by the, the occupying power, the, the Romans. And uh, we see this, in fact, we'll see this in about six weeks in the action of Simon of Cyrene. That's what was going on there when he was pressed into service, helping Jesus carry his own cross. Now, passing laws can be difficult. They can create complications. And the, the problem with the law, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, Uh, is that uh, although it was a principle on its own that was supposed to to limit retaliation and act as a deterrent, it also could be invoked to justify a vindictive spirit. It perhaps treated the symptom, but it didn't treat the cause, the source. In the same way, an an exaggerated, literal reading of Jesus' instructions to to give to everyone who begs, 
And do not refuse to anyone who wants to borrow from you. Well, if we did that, that would impoverish the disciples in no time. Likewise, evil would triumph in communities where the injunction to offer the wicked man no resistance, intended for personal relations, was observed slavishly. The shocking images that Jesus proposes applies to the individual disciples whose non-retaliation behaviour then invites the wicked person, challenges the wicked person to be startled by the presence of the kingdom of God in that person's life. And that's the whole point. Our attitude, our behaviour, our non-retaliation is supposed to wake people up. To the presence of God living in us. Then there is the potential for that wicked person, the enemy, to be converted to this new way of living and relating in the kingdom of God. This new way of living as proposed by Jesus Christ. Now the the images perhaps are not as graphic, but Jesus' command to love one's enemies and to pray for one's persecutors constitutes perhaps the most demanding aspect of his teaching. The one and only motive given is that by doing so, the disciples share in the heavenly Father's way of relating to the world. In other words, to begin to do this is to set yourselves on the road to perfection. For tax collectors love those who love them. And you could insert in there anything you like. Terrorists love those who love them. The foreigner loves those who love them. The people who are not like us love those who love them. And Gentiles greet their brothers and sisters. There is nothing extraordinary about that. For God makes the sun rise on bad men as well as good. His rain fall on honest and dishonest alike. God simply commands that we love. That we love. God simply gives. And to be like God means to be a giver. Means to be generous in mercy, generous in forgiveness. Means not holding a grudge. Means letting that thing go, whatever it is. There are limits, of course. But not limits to mercy. There are limits that require prudence. Otherwise, Christians would suffer burnout and be deprived of what they need to live and work and contribute to the upbuilding of the kingdom. So we must pray for prudence, right judgment, wisdom. Wise Christians know that the, the twofold great commandment of loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and loving your neighbour as yourself requires that we do love ourselves, but to love ourselves authentically and appropriately. Be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. When used to describe God, the word perfect can mean mature, blameless, holy. Jesus' teachings point to the full implications of loving, namely, 
coming thereby to share in the perfection of God's life, which means constant self-donation, selfless giving. And by following Jesus, we set ourselves on the path, on the road to perfection. And by his grace, God's grace living in us, please God, one day we too will be made perfect. Amen. Thank you for listening to my homily podcast. For more information about the Catholic Parish of Brandon and Mildenhall in the UK, then please visit our website at stthomas-stjohnparish.com. That's stthomas-stjohnparish.com. Alternatively, check out our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash bmrcparish. To follow me on social media, go to my Twitter handle at FatherLukeG, that's F-R-Luke-G. If you'd like to read pastoral and theological reflections, then check out my blog at FatherLukeGoymore.com, that's F-R-LukeGoymore.com. Hope this podcast has been of some use to you and helps to nourish you in your journey of faith. God bless you.